0: All right. How are you guys doing? I'm back. I was on a, a little bit of a hiatus. I won't say hiatus. I was actually on a trip. I went to London for a few days. Then I went to France for a few days. And then I went to Egypt for a few days. I got treated like a war criminal. I, <laughs> I, I should probably grab that. I've got a story I have to tell you guys about that. You know what? I'm going to grab that real quick. Okay. So this thing that you guys see right here, this is a normal drone. Okay. This is a DJI Mavic drone. I use it. I've used it for I don't know, for a long time. I've had it for years. Now this thing also now has a really janky It's a piece of cardboard <laughs> string. <laughs> this is and true. super glue. So this was at It's like my kid's glue gun. I don't know, probably two in the morning. I, I landed inside of Egypt at midnight. Roughly midnight. I think it was like eleven thirty actually. I landed there and come to find out these are illegal inside of the country of Egypt. Apparently it's due to terrorism. Uh, or try to taper down, or t- tamper down on terrorisms or terrorist acts of them looking at their military bases because for some odd reason, they also put them directly in the center of these cities and they just have big walls. It's really kind of a terrible. I don't know why they did that. But it's literally in the center of Cairo. There's yeah. military installations, which doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But they did that. And uh, I guess they don't want you flying them around their sites, which to be honest with you guys, it, that country reminded me of a another version of Iraq. I think it's just that, that type of uh, uh, culture, their culture, the Arabic culture, they 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 treat stuff like it's trash. Literally, like every streets are still full of trash. It's just the same kind of thing. At least people were nice. They weren't trying to kill me like inside of Iraq or Afghanistan, <clears throat> but uh, they did this. So <laughs> this is the goofiest thing ever. I My wife had no understanding of, of really this culture over there inside of, uh, I guess you'd say the Middle East. She didn't really understand the way they treat women over there and how they're like the dogs are about the equivalent of a girl. Yeah, exactly.
1: it was one of the first questions I asked you was like, how would Cammie feel? She,
0: should, <laughs> like, she didn't really understand what it was like. And
1: she's like, why is everybody ignoring me?
0: No one, yeah, they didn't yeah. really want to t- acknowledge her or talk to her. But the thing was, is, is this right here was cut off of a a piece of trash, random box that was just sitting in the middle of their TSA area. And they, they, they questioned me for about three-ish to four-ish hours. I went to seven different offices and I was having to have a conversation with, with my, with my police officer guy who was like, I got to see every single bit of the Cairo airport. I got to go down inside of a tunnel system, uh, to two different elevators. And there's, there's the lack of security there mm-hmm. is indescribable. Like I, sure. I cannot, it, it's, you can bribe your way through anywhere, which I found that out at the very end. Mm-hmm. So I had to pay a bribe to actually get my drone back. Yeah. But I had to pay the their government uh, two hundred and ten dollars, which was yeah. like five dollars our money, just to get my drone out of its really small little cage. But the guy, the, the the government official and my little handler who was holding on to my passport at the very end, they said, "You're going to take care of us, right?" And did this. I had to literally pay them to bribe to, them to get my stuff back.
1: Did I ever tell you about me bribing the Ukrainian police force no, I, and having a <laughs> <it> like? Yeah, <laughs> I,
0: I no, I did not hear that story. Really? No, I didn't hear that story. Oh,
1: bro, oh, it's so wild. I woke so I get woke up at like five o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning. Yeah, we had just got these. Well, I we'll call them attachments. Okay, so we had just got these attachments over there. And apparently, one of the dudes didn't have his international license, or he had some problem. But he got in a car accident, right? And this dude gets in a car accident, probably I don't know, a couple couple miles away from where we were staying. And they're like, "Yo, Matt, wake up, we need you. Like your Russian skills, go go go, use them, right?" So I go down to this intersection. And they got this dude like in handcuffs in the back of a car. And I asked the cop, "I'm like, dude, what the hell is going on? Like, what are you doing with my guy over here? You know, this is my buddy. What are you doing with him?" He's like, "Oh, he uh he. It was really foggy out." Right, and he drove through an intersection and t-boned somebody. Not fast, at like ten miles an hour. But they arrested him because he didn't have a license, and they're questioning his paperwork and stuff. Right, and they're like, "Look, we're taking him back to the station. You're welcome to accompany if you want." I was like, "Cool, man, I'll be there." So I follow them all back to the police station, and uh, I fill out a sworn statement for the guy. Right, so I write out a sworn statement for this freaking dude, uh, and they're like, "All right, so we're keeping his ID, and he's going to be in jail." It's like, "What? No." No, he's not staying in jail. Like, you are not leaving this man in jail. And the cop's like, well, I'm about to get off duty. And I was like, come here, man, let me talk to you. So I pull him to the side. and like, run to the side. I'm like, look, bro, this guy isn't going to jail. Like, what do I got to do to make that happen? Like, I need your help if you're picking up what I'm putting down. Like, this guy is not going to jail, right? So this freaking cop goes, he checks his gun back into the armory, gets off duty, and then jumps into my car, pulls my pulls, pulls our dude out. Like they didn't even put him in the jail cell, but like takes him and escorts us, like proceeds to go downtown into the city and starts escorting us around from one government office to the next. Doesn't tell me, shit, right. He doesn't tell me a, a freaking thing. Nothing. This cop is just going through and getting paperwork stamped and like going from office to office to office. And eventually we go into like this, uh, I, I don't know. We go into it like another building and this, this dude's like, yeah, just stand right here. I was like, all right. I'm standing there. They open the door and he's like, yeah, we're going to be next. It's like, okay, again, doesn't tell me where we're at. And it didn't look like a courthouse, right? Opens the door and we're standing before a judge with a court reporter. Right. And this is like, this is after like right after Russia invaded, you know what I mean? And this judge is like sitting there and he's pissed because he only wants Ukrainian spoke in the courtroom. I don't speak Ukrainian. I speak Russian. So the judge is yelling at me in Ukrainian. I don't understand it. The cop speaks Russian. And so when the judge would ask me a question, I could kind of get it. And I'd be like, yeah, but, and I would go to talk and he'd be like, don't speak that language in my courtroom. And just starts going off on me. And so then the freaking cop would have to translate what the judge was saying to me. And then I would have to tell the cop and then the cop would translate it to the judge in Ukrainian, right? And eventually it just ends up being that the dude ran a stop sign that that's what the judge was pissed that like our guy ran a stop sign and got in a car accident, charged charged him like $20 fine. And then we left and then went around and paid all the different fines. Right. And so we go and we pay these different fines. And then the cops like, hey, can you help me pick up groceries real quick and run them back to my apartment? No bullshit. So after doing all this wild, right? He's like, yo, we need to pick up groceries and run them back to my apartments. Take the dude on a grocery run, drop the shit <laughs> off in his apartment. And then we go back to the police station where like our cars impounded at. And uh, kick the support dude out of the car, be like, yo, go, f- and I'll meet you back at the place. You know what I mean? Kick him out the car, and I go to back away. and I was driving a van, and I go to back away, and I run into a f- Ukrainian cop car, <laughs> and I was just like, f- it. And I took off, and <laughs> I rolled out. And as I'm driving down the road, my cell phone rings, and it's like that same dude, and he's like, yo, Matt, he's like, I uh, He's like, I need you to come back here. They arrested me again. I was like, for what? <laughs> he's like, because you hit a cop car and drove away. <laughs> I was like, Shit. Oh I was like, all right, man. So I go back to the police station, right? So I go back to the police station. I'm standing in the parking lot and the guy's like, This is bad. You just hit a cop car. And I was like, Well, whose car did I hit? And he's like, You hit the chief's car. I was like, You gotta be sh. He's like, Nope, I'm gonna have to take you inside, we're gonna do paperwork. And I was like, Look, dude, I'm not doing that. I was like, Go get the chief. Like he's like what are you talking about I was like look man like are you really that dumb i was like i'm an american look at where we're standing and i'm speaking russian i work for the embassy go get your boss and he goes and he gets his boss and he comes back out and so like now i'm dealing with the chief and i'm like yo dude i don't know how to tell you this i don't have time to deal with this i'll give you an insight on who i am but i'm gonna pay for the repairs and we're getting the out of here and the guy's like come with me. And we walk around the we walk in, and we're still standing in the parking lot of the police station. And I was like, what are we doing? He's like, there's cameras everywhere. I was like, all right, cool. So we jump in a cop car and the dude like starts freaking hit me up for money. Right? And I'm like, yeah, of course. I'm going to pay for the like how much is it? I end up paying like 500 bucks or whatever to this guy. And I end up pulling money out of my underwear, you know what I mean, and being like, here, this is the last like 5 bucks I've got. Take it or leave it, man. He's like, I'll take it. It's like cool. We're out. After that, I had that dude on my payroll, and, like, it was it was just fun. Like, Ukrainian forces back then, they were crooked as f- and you could wait a I'm lot. Sure
0: they're still the same a little bit. Yeah. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm sure it's still, it's changed. I mean, in certain areas, it probably got a little bit better, but, I mean, it's still considered a third-world country. You know what I mean? There's in certain parts, yeah, 100%. Maybe not Kyiv. I going to go it? third world. Not Kyiv. I'm talking about out, outside of that? 100%.
1: You know exact- i mean some of the nah, like some of the villages i mean they're a little bit run down but they still have like grocery like i can go but in and buy groceries no and shit no, that. like it's not there's
0: like nothing there that's what i'm saying where no and all the areas that actually have conflict right now
1: oh those I'm, places are no I'm talking. it's, I'm not it's talking it,
0: about like i'm not talking about like the no places.
1: those places that are in conflict are just
0: hell some of the places on on inside of kiev look a lot better than here in america in certain areas sometimes yeah, yeah. i yeah. was like i was looking at the mcdonald's and the inside of the store it's big, i actually get pulled a video up right now of of We have a little bit of a mental health crisis here in America, but there's like a person inside of a Philadelphia store shoving cake all over her body when she's butt naked. And then it pans to like a grocery store in Kiev and everybody's like, nice. And there's like banana. (laughs) It just looks really clean. You're like, wow, welcome to America. I am glad to be back. I will say this was a a bit of of a fiasco, but I did pick up this. This is really cool. I did buy a bunch of World War II stuff. You're probably not going to find one of these or see one of these or touch one of these. Um, you might find uh, a non-painted one or I don't know. You may not be able to buy one, but I bought this. It was a 4th Infantry Division um, helmet. I don't know if it was used on D-Day. I do know they landed on Utah Beach. So could have been. This helmet was found up in the northern region of Normandy. Um, usually that would mean that the guy was killed that was carrying the helmet or maybe he got a new, new one. I would assume he probably didn't get a or new one.
1: Blasted off his head. Yeah, we found again.
0: Uh, well, it is what it is. But this was found. It does have the insert. It is pretty neat. It has some dents on the top. I paid too much money for this, but it's a piece of history. You can't really replicate. I guess they can make fakes of it, but I know where I got it. I got it in Normandy at a at a shop. They it's it's kind of funny, is the enlisted ones like this sell for double of the officers. What? Yep. Officer ones were like, I think it's like 13, 14, 1500 bucks, but these are like three grand.
1: That's so weird.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they didn't do anything.
1: Well, you would think there'd be less officer helmets than there is enlisted well, helmets. It's a,
0: well, it depends. There was a lieutenant colonel. I mean, how many times did we have any lieutenant colonel actually on the ground doing anything super, super wild? But if yeah. it's like a first lieutenant, yeah. second lieutenant, like captain, those are like, if they had like the person's name on them.
1: Dude, I, I get that. But there's still, just by not, numbers, going to be less of them. But look at yeah. this.
0: Like this is like, I mean, look how. Yeah, that's. But that's the lieutenant cool. colonel helmet was like clean. Like it looked like a person may have never worn it, like hmm. sat inside their office or something or in their truck. But this, I mean, this thing's beat up. I think it's cool. But that's pretty much what I've been doing traveling around Europe. I'm um, not going to be leaving again for a while. So you guys get to deal with me for a little bit. Now, I know you guys got a little bit irritated with Tardia while I was gone. Yeah, they did. Which I find to be somewhat ironic because the whole point of this, this show is to actually. Tell tell it how it is, you know. If the Ukrainians are, are losing, or if they're a stalemate, or if the Russians are winning at a certain time, I've always been able to tell you guys, and I have. For the most part, I mean, I'll tell you guys, Ukrainians. We want We I mean, we want the Ukrainians to win. I mean, him and I both. We I mean, we don't want the Russians to win. That's not really the end goal. But me going out there claiming, and I've actually said this about the Russians as well, that the Ukrainians <clears throat> are winning. Okay, well, that would be somewhat naive to say, because right now it's like the largest stalemate in the American government's even saying, you had a clip you actually showed me earlier. Yeah. Like them, that was a DIA.
1: Yeah. The chief of staff, of the DIA.
0: Stating that they're in a stalemate. I mean, you can't really say at that point that the Ukrainians are winning or the Russians are winning in, in all actualities, more or less, I would have, I'd like to go out on a a limb here and say, the longer the war goes on, the better chance you can probably say the Russians are going to win because.
1: For multiple reasons, because reasons. they're just going to continue to improve their fighting positions. They're yes. just going to continue to improve their defense. That That's it. And the longer they hold that terrain, the more claim they're going to try to put over it, just like they did with Crimea.
0: Well, one of the hardest things I know that they're having issues right now is mined areas. Now, the reasons why these areas are so heavily mined and fortified is because they've had such a very long time to 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 build up defenses in these areas, and that's why this the counteroffensive is going so slow. I think we're about what a month and some change into it. Now, I will say, someone and you actually noted that uh, I didn't think it was like D Day. I and and you said, depending on who the person is, I can
1: understand. I can understand their opinion on D Day. You know, like or or their view saying it's more or less like D Day, but it's not. I mean, it's it's at this point. I get it, but it's not
0: a little. Different. So, D Day history, it took us, we'll just say, three weeks or so to really cut the Germans off in the north. Now, there were certain areas like Carrington, which, if you guys have never been to Carrington, I've been there a few times. It is a city, and granted, the war was different, but it was, it was, it still took us five days to take that city. And the Germans held it like a mother, like they really did. They, and they actually had, the Germans had a counteroffensive uh, a day after we took it, or maybe even that following morning or something like that. And we did fend it off, and that's what really put a huge hurt in hit Hitler. And we started pushing around. But mm-hmm. the same kind of thing you would expect to be happening inside of Ukraine, but it's not because they're having to deal with much more mined areas. And when they, I, I hope at some point they're going to push through one of these larger cities down in the southern region, which is more of a vast, open, rolling hill kind of ground, that maybe they'll push through after they get through all these mine fields and these dragon teeth these layers of trenches and all so on and so forth and they'll average, actually be able to do what we did in world war ii and go and cut off either east or west and really cut off all the supply routes that's what we did as americans back in world war ii right but i think we also had tremendous leadership back then my god and I, I don't know if you guys know a lot about the history of world war ii but the leadership the choices they made was second to none i don't it really was and yeah. I, un, unfortunately i'd I, I've spent way too much time studying World War II, and maybe it's just because I'm addicted to that that period of time. Anyway. Well, if,
1: I mean, if the Ukrainian forces push out of Kherson and they, and they make it all the way over to Mariupol and they get all the way over there and they actually they're cut...
0: Not, they're not going to be able to do that, though.
1: And they cut Crimea off and they keep that bridge shut down. If they keep the bridge shut down and they cut off the land bridge as well, then Mariupol's... Or, I'm sorry, then Crimea itself is cut off, and eventually... Those Russians are gonna run out of steam in there, but that's gonna take so much time.
0: I don't think they have the, the resources to do it in that area. I really just don't.
1: So I got to make a correction because one of the things I said in the last video was that the New York Times reported twenty percent of the equipment that was given to Ukraine has been lost in the counteroffensive, and it was twenty. The misquote was twenty percent of the equipment that was provided and moved to the front line has been destroyed in the counteroffensive. Oh, okay.
0: So, well, I mean, that's a pretty easy yeah mess up there. But. might be you know what let's face it after a night with drinks which tonight is actually his night to drink endlessly uh, i don't bounce back like i used to like but you know what now that we've gotten older we need to zbiotics like we all have busy lives here in days we can't afford to to lose and waste an entire day stuck in the couch because of a few drinks the night before Z-Biotics is the answer we've all been looking for. So Z-Biotics is the first pre-alcohol probiotic that was genetically engineered. It was invented by PhD scientists to tackle rough mornings after drinking. Here's how it works. When you guys drink alcohol, it gets converted into a toxic byproduct inside of the gut. It's this byproduct that, that kills you pretty much. Not the dehydration. It's That's the thing that is, is, is there to blame for the next day. Now, Z-Biotics produces an enzyme to break down this byproduct completely. It is designed to work uh, like your liver, but in your gut when you need it most. Just remember to drink zbiotics before you guys drink alcohol, drink responsibly, and get a good night's sleep to feel your best tomorrow. Now, like I said, I'm old. He's old. Well, I'm getting old. And it sucks. You guys know if you guys are watching this, you guys are 30 plus. You do not bounce back. This is what you need to give them a shot. Give them a try because every time I have z before drinking, it makes it such... Uh, A massive difference the next day. Even after a few drinks the night before, I know I'm going to be struggling, so I drink this prior. So all you got to do is go to zbiotics.com forward slash Rob to get 15% off your first order when you guys use promo code Rob. Check out a link in the very top description as well. So go ahead, also sign up for the subscription using my code. You guys can stay prepared no matter the occasion. z is backed by 100% money back guarantee. So if you guys are unsatisfied for any reason, they'll refund your money, no question asked. So remember to head over to zbiotics.com forward slash Rob and use code Rob at checkout to get 15% off. Thank you to z for sponsoring this episode. Now, I didn't dive headfirst in this whole Gherkin thing. I'm not a big fan of this guy. Never really showed his stuff on here. because I think he's just, anybody, he was arrested this morning. Um, did you, do you know much about this guy? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. He's, he's not, I, I don't really know why he was arrested. Don't really care to be honest with you. I just know he's, he kind of reminds me of the Alex Jones of Russia, but they did arrest him this morning. So I, I never really put his stuff on here just because I thought it was kind of wild. But, uh, I, I will say that Putin's kind of going out on some limbs here. Poland had a, has decided to shift even more troops in the Eastern side of the country because they're worried about, men inside of Belarus somehow doing something inside of Poland, which I believe I read something later on stating that now Prigozian's not really worried about anything that's happening inside of the Ukrainian area. He's going to be shifting all of his men down to, back to uh, Africa. I don't know if you, did you read that this morning? I read that this morning. Don't know how true it is. I know that the CIA put something out as well. I know I'm not diving headfirst in this stuff because it's really just kind of random stuff.
1: The the only good information I've seen as far as like what's happening in Poland is Putin talking about Poland mm-hmm. essentially being a gift from, from mm-hmm. Stalin or something like that back in the day. But if you look at the terrain that's in between Poland and Belarus, or I'm sorry, uh, Poland and Lithuania, there's this small little territory that's within there and it's called... Kaliningrad, if I said that right, Kaliningrad, Kaliningrad? Kaliningrad's like Russian territory. Mm -hmm. And there is, I want to say it's like a 50 mile stretch. It might be less than that, but there's like a 50 mile stretch that connects Poland and Lithuania together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And that's, that's that little piece of land that they're assuming that Wagner or Belarusian forces, whoever, if, if there's going to be some sort of attack on NATO that they're going to go and push and try to take that in order to cut off the, the NATO countries from each other.
0: I don't know if that, that's, I, I I don't know. And then you got the stuff in the Black Sea where Russia's claiming they're going to hit any, or 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 deem any transport vessel, I guess you would say, mm-hmm. as a military target. Russia, don't Russia, see that being the smartest play.
1: Russia was claiming that Ukraine was using uh, the grain deal in order to transport munitions and equipment.
0: They might be. I don't know. Right now, I mean, the, you know, the right? counter I mean, I the know. counter to
1: that is Russia was inspecting all the cargo. But when you when you picture the amount of cargo ships that are going yeah. in and out, they're not opening every single box. They're not doing like no, that. I mean, they're probably sure checking they, paperwork. And th-
0: they could be. I mean, who knows? More. I mean, Maybe we did are. some crazy stuff back in. I bring this up again. World War Two. We did the same kind of stuff with the French. Yeah. I mean, it, it just it is what it is. F uh, F-16s for Ukraine. People keep touting these things are going to happen this year. I have have no idea. I played on
1: the last episode, but there's Millie talking here. This this will be interesting for you to kind of, like, catch you up. And if you guys missed the last episode, this is a good one. So here's uh, the United States Joint Chief of Staff talking about air
2: power. Uh, So the real problem is the minefields. It's not right now the air power. Uh, Now, having said that, just do a quick math drill here. Uh, Ten F-16s are $2 billion. So the Russians have hundreds of fourth and fifth generation uh, uh, airframes. So if they're going to try to match the Russians one for one or even you know two to one, uh, you're talking about a large number of aircraft. That's going to take years to train the pilots, years to do the maintenance and sustainment, years to uh, generate that uh, degree of uh, financial support to do that. You're talking way more billions of dollars than has already been generated. So uh, the key thing is to focus on air defense, focus on the, the uh, blocking and tackling sort of offensive combined arms maneuver, which is artillery uh as both long-range and short-range artillery uh and then get in uh, your engineers and your your mind-breaching equipment that's the kind of stuff they need that's what they want that's what they're asking for
0: yeah okay so i think we all kind of knew that i mean it's going to
1: take a long time we, uh, the, we it, all kinda knew that. the the deal is that the f-16s that were provided the ukrainian pilots were supposed to be trained up in july then it got pushed back to august now i'm reading things that they're saying that they're not even gonna get those pilots trained until but the fall
0: I, I i think me and you've had this this question or the, you said this argument Supplying Ukraine, say, with the X amount of Bradleys we have, or those just tanks, or it doesn't really matter. I don't, it's never has been enough yet to actually move the needle any, any what's what, wait, like 10 jets? 10. Mm-hmm. Really? 10? Yeah. What is that going to do? we just, is it another little, you know what this kind Plus of reminds me of? You know, mean, that, you know what this whole thing reminds me of? And this is going to piss a little people, some people off that they're officers. I think it reminds me of an OER bullet. It's all this reminds me. Oh yeah! This is all this reminds me of some stupid OER bullets saying, teams. "Look at all these great look things we Look at all these things, things we've done. You haven't done anything. No. Ten jets. Ten. Bullshit. Jet. And they're not going to be. You know what? They're not going to be. They're not going to be able to use a mother because they're going to be too scared to lose them in battle because it'll be bad. Yeah. Once
1: those are gone, they're gone. They're gone. That's can, ten times harder to replace. Ten
0: of them out to these guys and be like, you know what? You can use them up around Kif. That's it. Well, what the. The fronts like why the fuck, what are we doing? What are you talking about? Yeah. This is what it reminds me. all you guys and gals that have been in the military. This is what this reminds me of some cherry officer that is trying to get his OER bullet so he can move up in the ranks. That's, that's all it is.
1: That's my largest complaint is we're we're providing just enough to keep it drawn out, entertaining. And, and this the, is
0: all this uh, is is entertainment.
1: Yeah, and, and you might have missed it. Like so, when you were gone, I was reporting on like one five five shells and the amount that. We can we're going legitimately through. produce. We're
0: going through or we they're going through more than we can currently produce. You, I, I Ukraine needs
1: three hundred roughly, I want to say it was roughly three hundred and fifty thousand shells a month. Roughly three hundred and fifty shells shells a month. And we're producing not even fifty K right now. Like we're hoping to have about fifty K produced here in the United States by the end of 20 But we
0: but that's the other thing is we have not even kicked on our war machine. No. Like we have like here in America, we have not even flip the switch to anything how many of our manufacturing plants here in america have the ability to instantly switch over
1: well a lot of them and there's a law that says like during a time of conflict or whatever that the u.s can but we're not going to do that right now we're we're trying to ramp up stuff and then we're counting on the eu to go over and that's why those cluster munitions were being provided over to ukraine was to help the shortfall
0: and why the we have to pay for all of it that's the other question Why can't our buddies overseas in the, in the, they are, they're providing a lot of stuff. I I mean, if they're going through 350,000 a month, we can only produce 50,000.
1: They are providing more. I mean, they're providing like, and they've got plans. I think they attributed a couple, couple million dollars or I forget what the hell the figure was, but the the EU is, you know, cutting money to start going to production of it, but it's going to take time man. it takes time. Like the U S is saying that we're trying to ramp things up to 50,000 by the end of the year. That's not that much. No. So, Somebody's got to make up for that.
0: When you look at the numbers of comparison, we we'll go back to world war two. <laughs> Cause I keep going back there with the stuff that is being manufactured to, for the war efforts. And like, this is why I, f- I feel like it's such a, it's almost, it's, I don't know. It's, it's such a political piece at this point here in America because I mean we're going into 2024 and I think this is going to be a bunch of talking points for them. But if they're if the left is losing because it's pretty much if, well, as we know the left is pretty much on the Ukrainian side and the right pretty much doesn't want Ukraine and it, that's it's just such awkward. And that's what's funny about you guys that are on there. You guys, hey, whenever we talk about Biden, we do some dumb sh- like, well, you guys are. F- Idiots! I can read, you, I'll read you guys in the comments every once. Well, the thing is, if we're sitting have a conversation about Ukraine, which the, the left is pretty much all about Ukraine. And I've been mm-hmm. talking about Ukraine for what, I, I don't even know how many months now, 18 months, more than like that, man. Cause we were doing months. it at the start of the show That's before right. Russia even invaded. That's we right. were talking about it. So if me and him are pretty much, we don't care about left and or right. We just want to be honest about it. If it's, if it's, f- it's f- it. and right now I don't even know what to do. Like right. we're at a weird time where they should be doing something, but. Here in America where no one cares enough. Like little, no one here in America gives any f- about the war inside of Ukraine. And you guys may think so because you guys actually might watch from here in America. But I promise you, I've said this many times. If I gave him a mic and walked him over to the f- local grocery store and said, hey, what are your thoughts on Ukrainian war? Every single person there would either say, yeah, we don't really care. Uh, maybe hopefully Russia, we, we said. Yeah, we should do that. What We should actually we should go do that. We should act. That should, we should I, I just want to prove that here in America, it is like no one gives any f- about the war inside of Ukraine. It depends on also where you live. If I go to like northern New, or New York or maybe like Seattle, you might see a few more like Ukrainian flags. But for the most part, ninety percent of America does not give a. F-. They just, just uh, want the, Russia to lose, but the, they also don't want to spend enough money because if you bring up the money right. piece, they're like, okay, why don't we spend it on like our homeless vets or a homeless problem here or, or our, our schools. borders or our schools or like this? That's what they say. But me i'm i'm like the guy in the middle i'm like you know what russia let's go ahead and just mollywop the out of them throw some cash at this and just send the guys in there to do their job and just get it over with that's all i i'm like get it done but we don't i'm not i don't think we should
1: be committing u.s troops to go no, forward and I'm do talking that about, nato
0: throw as much of our at it as you possibly can kick on the war machine in this and let's be done but they're not going to Millie they want it to be drawn out, and which I don't entirely know why. He even it's says it's gonna be throughout this year going into next year.
1: I mean, if you want to get into conspiracy theories, I can. Okay. But like my sure.
0: I want to hear your thought. I right now I feel like I just I don't ever go on little rants like that. That's probably the first one I've done in a while.
1: Yeah, my my ranting. thought, my rant on it is the fact that I think US politicians wanna draw it out. There's numerous, but you go find them. Of people investing, politicians investing in companies, they go into office without much money whatsoever. By the time they leave, they're multimillionaires, and the reason they're doing that is because they're investing in the stock market, investing in different companies that they're going to ramp things up. And so, when they keep this war drawn out, the war machine, like we just talked about, uh, to fifty, you know, going from whatever it was twenty-five to fifty thousand shells, right this year, that's people are going to be investing in those companies, and and the freaking war machine, right, companies like Lockheed Martin that are sending billions of dollars worth of the- or maybe not billions, but millions of dollars worth of shit over there. That's money is being lined inside politicians' pockets.
0: I probably have invested in Lockheed Martin myself, to be honest with you. That and Raytheon. I know for a fact I've yeah. invested quite a bit of money myself, but that's because I'm not an idiot. May as well hop on the train while it's running.
1: Yeah, and then they're taking it and they're playing on Americans' Americans' feelings and stuff. Russia's bad, Russia's not bad. Not
0: right
1: now. No, they're not now. I'm, and I'm Russia is you, bad. I'm not gonna... standing up for Russia. Russia's bad. Yeah,
0: yeah. We're going, to, we're going to make that video. It's going to happen because I get, I'm i going to prove to everybody that's watching that is from a different country because I think like 60% of our viewership is not even American at this point. I'm going to prove to them that... Yeah, where we should go? We should just go downtown Dallas. I've Dude, I can go. It doesn't matter what city we go into here in, in Texas. It does not matter. I promise you. No one knows what the f*** is going on.
1: I think we should go downtown Dallas. You know why? Why? Because a giant chunk Isn't of... The American population in these major cities is all left yeah. and we should just go down there. We should go. We should just go do it. We should go knock it That's
0: out. That's fine. I think we should. I think we're going to actually do that because I think that'll be absolutely phenomenal. Just walk around with a mic. What do you think about the war news had to be cred? I'm going to venture out to say, half the people say, I don't really care and we'll play them all. Play every, yeah. I'm not going to hide it. I don't really care. Yeah.
1: We're not going to, we won't string it to make it maybe we're wrong. Maybe Americans are really caught up on this war and this no, conflict and they know what's probably, going on.
0: If they were caught up, you would. If, if, if the American population actually cared, then CNN and Fox would be chirping it every single day like they But used. they're not. They're not chirping it at all.
1: They're not. Most oh. Americans probably don't even know what's going on.
0: Has there been anything going on? That is the real question. <laughs> <laughs> over the last 24 hours.
1: So over the last 24 hours, Odessa has been hammered again overnight. Yes. Um, and... It's not just military targets that they're going after. They're also going after the grain silos and things like that. So they're actually, Russia's, in my opinion, is screwing up pretty freaking bad because they're targeting uh, a bunch of grain silos and things like that. Um, other than that, there's also some reports of about 100,000 Russian troops that are amassing outside of um, Kupiansk, like over uh, behind the Russian lines. And Russia has actually started pushing forward up there. And they're about, I want to say it was like nine kilometers or so. About nine clicks yeah. to get in to get inside Kupiansk uh, from how far out they are, and they have amassed. And it was confirmed by I want to say it was British intelligence, but they amassed about a hundred thousand troops outside of there, and they're going to. The rumor is start pushing north towards Kharkiv. I don't,
0: I don't know. I did, I did see that. And I just don't know. What, Kharkiv was one of the more difficult areas to take at the very beginning of the war. I don't see that actually being a thing. I did see the, well, I did see the report that's coming from the uh, EU or no, it's coming from. It's not ISW. It's somewhere I think it might have been to Britain. Well, the thing is,
1: is I don't think that they really care about sacking in the city. I think that they know that Ukraine's focus is now going to be on the South and taking over Crimea. And if they send 100,000 troops and start marching towards Arkiv, that's a short distance from there to Kiev. Ukraine's going to have to divert a bunch of its forces up over there, and it's going to stall even further what's happening in the South.
0: Hmm. Maybe. But does the Russians actually have enough forces to... uh...
1: I think Russia's pretty well... I don't want to say depleted, but they're, they're, I mean, they're kind of stuck right now. In my opinion, they're firing yeah. a ton of their commanders. There's plenty of reports out there about Russian troops being hungry, left on the lines, things like that. But I think they're in a better position. I think they're in a much better position in order to do something like that. Personally.
0: I got a photo I want to share with you. I guess we probably should share with Russia.
1: Russia's still shooting. I want to say it's like like 50,000 shells a month. Really? Something like yeah, it's insane. Forty or fifty thousand shells a month is what they're still cranking out.
0: Here, I'm. I'm. I'm going to share this. The one that you guys see on screen. I want you to look at that. There's a lot of bad things happening in that one photo. Oh, yeah. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, he didn't. Know.
1: Who is that? Uh, is that
0: U.S. force? To be honest with you, no. I not If it is, it's the Marines. But I don't think it is. I don't, I don't think it is, actually. That's he, bad.
1: Yeah, yeah. good thing he's got a reserve because that main ain't going to yeah, open. Well,
0: he's got a reserve. Yeah, that main. How long do you think it took him to realize that his main's not going to open?
1: Probably about five seconds. I mean, you feel it the moment you oh, jump yeah, out. Like, just, you know that thing got pulled, so he's just going to feel free fall at that point. Oh, my but God. But his exit's God. horrible. I don't know. Like oh, God, his, his exit exits, sucks. What are you talking about? This he's not even a good <laughs> paratrooper, so he probably won't figure it out for about 10, and by which he'll oh, be. Oh, it's
0: definitely in a different country. I see, like, Asian riding or something right here. Oh, God. Wow!
1: Yeah, he's in for a.
0: Hopefully, he did pull his shoot. Lawn dart. <laughs> did I tell you I actually had a lawn dart in my class? No. Yeah, I did. Huh? I did. I had I had one guy from Puerto Rico, private, who just got in. He'd been in for like just got out of basic.
1: Wow. Yeah. I had a uh, I had a cigarette roll in my night jump. Like my whole, yeah, yeah my main yeah my main had a big cigarette roll that wasn't like coming undone. Well, that's and, a, little, uh, a little scary. Yeah, on like my fifth jump, so it took me a while to figure it out. I was like, well, this sucks. You know, sit there with it forever. (laughs) And by the time I, uh, by the time uh, everything like ended up popping open, um, I went, I cut my freaking equipment and the equipment, I was so low to the ground. By the time everything popped open, my equipment, when I cut it, the line didn't even pull taut before it (laughs) it hit the ground. So I hit like a ton of shit and I was just like what the hell just happened to me <laughs> what was that but
0: no I had a uh, I guess I probably need to explain what a lawn dart is we had a guy that uh, you know you can have your air a lot of people don't realize this but you can have your air stolen when you're jumping uh, especially static line I guess you could do it any time but static lines when it's mainly going to happen because um, you're, you're jumping at like low altitude and a lot of guys are jumping in one I don't even know how many people jump out of a C-130 I don't remember how many people jump out of a C-64 is it I don't know Oh, Yeah, because of the, the Caden Zone, that's how yeah. you remember it. Yeah. Tell me, that's how you remember
1: it. Like 60, 64. Yeah, I don't know, yeah. I think
0: basically a physic company or something in there, I don't really matter. Or uh, two, two platoons. Um, anyway, so this kid jumped out. I call him a kid because he was, uh, had his air stolen, which means basically, if your parachute's here and you go over the top of somebody, this parachute's gonna collapse and you're just gonna fall. Anyway, apparently, his parachute collapsed. And he went to go pull his reserve, and then he got wrapped up in his reserve, and nothing opened ever. And he just kept coming all the way down. That's
1: horrible. Yeah.
0: Terrible that sucks. Way to die. And you know what's crazy is I had to sit inside the shoot house, or I think that's what it's called, there, shoot house, for um, like 12 or 13 or 14 hours on my, you know, I just sit on your hands because they don't want you touching your equipment. So I literally just sat there. I don't I, think I had to do that. Well, we had to because he had, he would die. So- Oh, because they, they f- wanted to inspect all yes. this. You uh, know, he, he was the first. He was the first one to jump on the first first uh, loadout, and of oh, that day, of course. And I had just jumped that. It was that was my second jump. Was the day that he so he died, and we know no no one else got the jump after that day. So we all just sat there rigged up, waiting, and waiting, and then we had to shove all the rest of the jumps in. Uh. Yeah, you know, how many people quit though after that.
1: Probably yeah. quite a few.
0: It was like uh four when we were getting on the bird and one of them was an E five. I remember that. What a
1: just like, I'm not doing it.
0: He did. Yeah. He yeah. got on there and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a rate of, I don't know what it is. of you getting hurt during a jump, I don't know what the, you probably know better than I do What is it like 8% or 10%. I, just, I never looked into that. I didn't care. You know, There is a number. I'm um, sure there is. There's a number of how many casualties you can sustain with it still being acceptable. Oh, during an airborne operation. Sure. I don't. <laughs> Sorry, kids. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but anyway, because everybody gets hurt. I mean, my back's jacked. Your back. Everybody gets hurt during jumping. But this, I, I saw this photo and I've oh,
1: watched a guy's leg blow out the side. Really? But yeah. Actually, yeah. in one of my jumps in ranch school, I landed and I'm sitting there like packing up my shoot man. <laughs> And this dude's coming down and his feet are spread worse than his. They're like this as he's going to land. I was like, bro, feet knees together, man. Like, I'm not yelling at him. I'm just watching this happen. The dude lands like 10 feet away and I just watch his leg blow at the side.
0: I was like, holy shit. Dude. I got drug one time really bad. Like, where well, I had to get help. Like, really bad. I was drugged. You couldn't cut it? Couldn't get anything going. I was, I was all ra But I was like wrapped. Like, really like wrapped, wrapped. And it was just dragging me. I got drug
1: i had i had a jump at bragg where the winds were 10 knots <laughs> and like i was just i think i was i think i was jumping a a freaking steerable shoot at the time but really? it, yeah but i mean it's it's still not that fast mm-hmm. and so the wind overtook it and it blew my right into the trees and so i did this like tree landing i was like <laughs> me man anyways softest landing I ever had i was like this is gonna hurt my is about to get split wide open by a branch or whatever so i just <laughs> buckled down man and just let it happen and like i bust through the trees and i come out the bottom i just wrap around the freaking tree trunk at the, at the bottom of suspended like three feet off the ground oh or i'm okay. sorry not even three feet like a foot and a half maybe like i was touching kind of if i was stretching out so i was like F- it, i'm out yeah man. softest landing i ever had through the trees minus the trees yeah
0: I never had like super rough ones. I did, the first time I ever jumped, I didn't put my head down. Yeah, I didn't put my head down fully and I legitimately split my nose wide. What I mean wide, wide. My helmet caught my shoot, my risers as it went and slammed right here. Oh my God, my first jump ever. I was so dazed and confused. I was like, oh my God, what is it going? I couldn't see anything. I was like, what is going on? Well, if
1: you don't get your head down enough, too, man, you'll get like bad static burn, like (laughs) the back of your neck, and it'll rip your helmet and push. It's a static lines coming out on your helmet that'll rip and push up on it and just tear your ass up. Yeah,
0: that was was, my nose. Looked like I'd been in a hellacious uh, bar fight. I hate static line
1: jumps out of a freaking UH-60, is like, in my opinion, some of the worst because you're just eating air the entire time, like on those banks and stuff going up and around. Like, oh, dude, it's the worst.
0: I've only jumped out on a rope, never jumped out of one anyway well I hope you guys enjoyed this episode we'll see you guys tomorrow if you guys want some more stories please let me know other than that uh, yeah we'll see you guys tomorrow or the next day do you love you guys I'm out
1: yeah on Monday when we're Monday. when we're interviewing people in the street